Fast Stop, a story by Sky Odsley, Chapter 1. Scott woke up on his back. The daylight reached through his drawn blinds like timid fingers, touching the white particles of dust in the air and shining like a ghost. It was a Sunday morning, the third day of his new unending weekend. He used to be a machinist, but now he was unemployed and no longer had a title to suit him. The Thursday prior, he'd been laid off with dozens of other men from his line. He'd been given parting pay, enough to last him through the season, and he left his foreman's office with the vague promise of more work in the future. But the future looked different now, uncertain and open-ended. Scott was old, too old to be hired elsewhere, he was also too rich to qualify for any government assistance. Like a bug, his life had been cut short. Now he was left to pass the time aimlessly searching for crude entertainment. He and his former co-workers had celebrated that Thursday afternoon with drinks, followed by dwindling stomps up and down the bar district up the street from the factory. His fellow machinists had begun the night by assuring one another they'd struck some kind of new turn of luck, preparing their savings, their cars, their children and wives, their fabricated hobbies. But Scott had been silent the whole time, only drinking his beer and staring out the window from his lone stool, sitting three arm lengths from the others. The news had hit him like a fist. The taste of beer drew the pain out longer than he preferred. After only the first hour of this celebrating, he'd fallen into his normal slouch at the bar, drinking his beer only because it was there, staring out the window at the sky only because it was there. Scott had given up hobbies long ago. He'd never married, never really loved a girl enough to make that stake and claim. And for that reason, he had no family left. He was 51 and had no real friend or companion. He didn't even have a pet or a plant, just his car, a brand new Dodge Charger, cherry red, with a vanity license plate oddly reading, One Scott One. This was the best he could come up with when plain Scott had already been taken. Now it was Sunday. Three days had passed, and all he'd done was drink the afternoons and the nights ending each one up the road from his apartment building at a strip club marketed toward passing truck drivers. There, at the long row of plastic chairs pushed up to the stage, Scott fit in just fine, like an all-too-familiar character from a masculine film of the 1970s. The strip joint was the perfect ending place to a long day of drinking. It was dim and quiet and open until 4 a.m., the beer was cheap and the talk was very little. The girls paid him no attention and neither did he to they. He was only there to wait out the night and avoid his blank dreams. And now on Sunday morning, as the daylight touched his skin, Scott realized that if something didn't change quick, the next week would be made entirely of this routine. He sat up in his bed. He was naked. His white skin feathered in white hairs like a plucked chicken, his big chest sagging, his swollen arms waking to life, 
his bare feet purple and spotted. He blinked. Reaching a hand to his bedside table, he picked up a glass of water and drank, sighing and stretching his back. He finished the glass and set it back down with a muted thud, and then rose to his feet, yawning and wiping his eyes with the backs of his hands. He stumbled over a pile of clothing he'd been wearing the day before, and stepped over his boots and into the hall, crossing the carpet with dragging feet. His bathroom door, like his bedroom door, hung open, and in the light cast through the orange shower curtain, Scott met his reflection in the mirror above his sink. He ran the faucet and drank from it, spitting and smearing handfuls through his hair. Then he turned and sat down in the toilet, picking up a magazine off the tank behind him and flipping through the pages blindly. A meditative shit followed as he propped his elbows on his knees and closed his eyes, holding the magazine loosely in his fingers, running with each movement. When he finished, he ran the shower and stepped back out into the hall and down to his kitchen. He pulled open the refrigerator and stood naked on the tile floor, drinking from a half gallon of orange juice. Steam began to crawl from the bathroom door. He put the juice back, closed the fridge, and swung his broad shoulders around, entering the bathroom and slamming the door behind him. In the shower, thoughts poured over him just like the water, and just like the water, they drained between his big, soft feet, leaving him hollow as a styrofoam. The sound of the shower head and slapping curtain reminded him of fishing. They had the same strange fungal smell and mist. He rinsed his pink body a final time and turned off the water, grabbing for a towel and scratching his ass as he stepped out of the shower to once again face himself in the mirror. This time, however, a fog clung to the glass. Behind it, a pair of black eye sockets and a formless face stared at him like a skull carved from wood. He wiped the mirror with his hand. Once again, there he was, his true form, old, big, and wide, spotted like a cow. Dressing was easy. Scott owned 15 of the same style shirt, five pairs of the same style jeans, and two pairs of the same style boots. One pair of boots was for work, the other for his time off. Now he would have to find a new purpose for his work boots. But the thought only hovered then fell as he knelt and tied his time off boots and stood to buckle his belt. Before being a machinist, he briefly aspired to be a motorcyclist and had purchased a rather expensive leather jacket for racing high-speed motorcycles. He'd worn it a few times, but grown self-conscious of not owning a bike to go with it. On the prior Thursday night, however, when he'd stopped home on his way to the strip club for last call, he dug it out of his closet and decided the jacket would be his new daily uniform, a message to all who saw him that he was now a free man. He pulled the leather over his shoulders and snapped the lowest button in place, hiking it up to his waistline and tucking his wallet into his interior pocket. Although he came home skunk drunk every night of the week, Scott's fondness for routine made each of his personal effects easily within reach of a blind grab. First his wallet, then his keys, then his sunglasses, and finally the gun. 
All these things went into the jacket with automatic movements, each into a separate pocket in his chest. Then he zipped it closed. He picked up the empty water glass from his bedside table and walked it out into the kitchen, where he rinsed it and put it back in a cupboard over the stove. Then he made his bed, a task that took no more than a few tosses and tucks, the only thing he'd learned in the Navy. He put the pillows back in place and looked over his quick work the way he did every morning, proud but also saddened. He sighed. Then he closed the blinds, gathered the previous day's clothes from the floor, tossed them in his hamper, and shut the closet door. Now the place looked unlived in, the way it did every morning when he left, and all the while he was gone, and slightly still when he was there, sleeping and shitting and showering and drinking orange juice. He crossed the hall and walked past his couch and table and opened the front door to the blinding daylight. It was a clear, bright day. He put on his sunglasses, locked his front door, and stepped down the stairs of his apartment building to his glowing red car. He shook his keys and looked around. No one was out yet. It was 7 a.m. He climbed into the charger and started it with a roar, pulling on his seatbelt and adjusting his mirror. He tossed his arm over the passenger seat and backed out of the drive. Then he drove through town and took the highway south.